You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Heidi. I'm hoping that your week has treated you well. Mine has been busy, busy, which I feel like my life is busy, busy. Um, But I like it like that, I guess. If I didn't, I wouldn't do all the things that I do. Anyway, I can't believe it's November. I don't know where October went or September or August or July or the rest of 2019. But uh, November is one of the... One of the months of the year that I love the best, but it's also one of the months that goes the fastest for me. Um, A couple of reasons. I, for the last four years, have had my women's retreat in November. So that takes one whole weekend out. And that is coming up next weekend. Um, That has been uh, really fun to plan. Uh, We always have a theme and we go through the whole weekend learning to better ourselves and love ourselves more and self-acceptance and a lot of the things that we tend to let go of when we're involved in toxic relationships. Finding yourselves, what what is your values? What types of things do you enjoy? What makes you happy? You know, a lot of times when we come out of a toxic environment, especially if it's a longstanding one, we're not really even sure who we are. So the Priority Me retreats are the retreats which I hold each November. And we use those as kind of a follow-up to the clients who've gone through the toxic relationship programs with me during the year. So I'm very excited about that. We have a lot of states being represented. I have a lot of people flying in for that retreat. I keep it small or I wouldn't call it a retreat. Uh, we have a lot of free time worked into it, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. So that's next week. Then I am actually taking off for Montana for the Thanksgiving holiday. I usually spend um, Thanksgiving with my family in Montana, as I will do again this year. But when you take two weekends out of a month that has four week four weeks, it makes your month pretty short. Not only that, then when you get back, you're already a week into December and Christmas is three weeks away. So as you all know, we're in November now and in five seconds or what feels like five seconds, it's going to be 2020. And we're going to be talking about writing new goals for the beginning of the year. Anyway, I am super thankful about the up and coming for 2020 because the Coaching with Dr. Heidi tour is happening And that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time because I know in situations that you're in, you can't always get to me. So the team and I are planning on traveling into different cities across the country through 2020 or 2020. And um, so you are able to come to me and spend, I've got them formed as a one day workshop. So what I'm doing is I'm basically taking the 21 character traits of the toxic person. I am teaching all of that 
in a one day workshop so you can get the education and the knowledge you need if you are one that is questioning the behavior of somebody in your life, questioning the safety of your relationship, questioning about what your relationship is doing to you and if it is healthy for you. Knowledge is power. As soon as you understand why a toxic person does what they do, you will gain power. And so I educate because it was in education and it was in learning that I began to understand my situation. So the 2020 tour in uh, first stop is January 25th. We're gonna be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The national conference is the last weekend in March. That is gonna be held in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, the next stop is going to be in San Francisco. That is on August 8th. If you've heard me say San Diego in previous podcasts, that's how busy I am. My staff had to tell me, we're not going to San Diego. We're going to San Francisco. And I was like, oh, yes. So I've been a little busy. So San Francisco on August 8th. And then October 10, we'll be in Denver, Colorado. And that is, again, for the character traits of the toxic person, the whole entire education portion of my program, bringing it to you so you can get to me. Um, we make it a one day instead of a two and a half day like the conference is because we understand not everybody can answer to having hotel costs or making arrangements or having the funds to get someplace and stay overnight for two nights. So we're changing it up a little bit for three of the locations. It's a one day. The conference is a two and a half day. That's right here in the St. Louis area where I'm located. Uh, if you're not in Strength Within, Strength Within is a support group that I have on Facebook. It is sponsored by myself and coaching with Dr. Heidi. It is phenomenal. There are a lot of choices when you go to Facebook and you try to find support. This one is great. It is a group of very positive, very uplifting people who understand what you're going through. So if you have not joined the Strength Within support group, I strongly encourage it because I know and I am... Um, experienced in the fact that when you're going through a toxic relationship, you feel like you're the only one going through it. And when when you discover this group and you get support from some of the people in this group, you will realize there is a lot of people struggling with the same thing that you are. And it makes a huge difference in one, your mental clarity and one, keeping you focused on the goal and the situation at hand. Um, toxic relationships are crazy makers. They make us guess our, re or second guess our reality, second guess our perception, second guess our memory. And being stabilized within a group like that and have other people say, no, that's not what's going on or this is why this is happening or we're here to help or we're just here to support or we're thinking about you or we're sending you good vibes is sometimes enough to get somebody through one more day. And so if you're not in that, just search Strength Within. I encourage you, I am a stickler for positivity in that group. Uh, so read through the rules, answer the questions, and ask to join the group. That is a great place to be. The, um, I think I need to put my glasses on. Oh, the other opportunity I need to make sure that you guys are aware of. Um, you know I'm an individual coach. I do group coaching. I do workshops. I do this podcast. I teach the character traits of the toxic person all over the place. Once in a while, when somebody takes the toxicity profile analysis, they want more of an explanation. Or if somebody is going through something that is high stress, they need somebody to talk to. You are able to book a session with me without doing a program. 
And I want to make sure that you guys know that you can go to the website, coachingwithdrheidi.com, and go to the side, scroll down, and it says schedule a consultation. It's the same thing as a session, so don't feel like it's a consultation for the program if you are just wanting to book one session at a time with me. Um, that is a first-come, first-serve as far as the openings in my schedule. But just so you know, that is an option if you've got something or one thing or a particular thing that you need to go over and you just need a little bit of advice or maybe just a little bit of direction. So today I wanted to talk about something that I'm certain everyone who has been involved in toxic relationships at one point or another has dealt with. And um, when, I, when I teach, I teach um, not from the outside looking in. I teach from the inside looking out. I teach you what you're feeling. I teach you where you are. I teach you where I used to be. I'm standing in the middle of it with you, teaching you exactly what's going on when this is happening, why this is happening, how come this is happening, what are the reasons for this, what are the goals here, what are they trying to accomplish by doing this. And one of the things that I know I was um, fell victim to, and I know a lot of you other people do, is the silent treatment. And I have about an hour presentation that I could talk all the way up to explaining the silent treatment. But today on this, I just want to give a few tips of why the silent treatment happens and maybe a little insight on what you're supposed to do about it. So in laying a little bit of groundwork, uh, toxic people do not enter into a verbal conversation with most people. They enter into a verbal competition and they have a um, plan on winning that verbal competition. So a lot of times if the conversation does not go the way they want it to or they are getting um, confronted with something that they don't like or their behaviors are in question or there's an uncomfortable situation, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll try many different ways to try and distract you within that conversation. And if you are not distracted and you can stay focused enough to keep the conversation going long enough and they decide that they've been caught or that they're gonna have to take the blame or they're gonna have to take responsibility or you have the facts, last ditch effort is to stop talking about it. And how they stop talking about it is they simply say, I'm done talking about it. We're not talking about this again. And from that point on, if you continue to talk about it, they will continue to ignore you. So what this does in a situation where you're trying to resolve something or you're trying to communicate something and they quit talking, immediately it puts you on a, into a panic mode. Well, you thought we were having a good conversation and you thought you were getting somewhere and you thought that maybe just one time you were going to make them understand and then all of a sudden they shut it off and they refuse to talk about it. Now not only are you back to square one in the conversation, now you're feeling like you said something wrong. You shouldn't have ever brought it up. Maybe you were wrong in the first place, right? So if we go back to the four needs of a toxic person, which is control, power, attention, and admiration, what does the silent treatment do every single time? It gets your attention on them. If they're not talking to you, where is your attention going? Straight to them. Why are they not talking to me? What did I do wrong? 
Should I apologize? Now there's so much tension in the air. What am I going to do? And, and you're frantically trying to figure out how to get the silent treatment to end. So toxic people don't care if the attention is positive or negative. If you are the one who are there wanting to control, all they want is attention. And if it's negative and it's induced by the silent treatment, they're totally okay with that. But, but they do know that your mind will continually stay on why they're not talking to you until you've had enough of it. It makes you feel like you must apologize or you must fix something because clearly they're mad or clearly they're upset. And if they're upset, you must have done something wrong because that's what they've always told you. So they, they pull the silent card and you immediately go into, okay, maybe I took this too far or maybe I was overreacting or maybe I am too sensitive. And you start bringing stuff down on yourself because now you need to fix the fact that they are no longer communicating with you. And they have achieved everything they want in now they've got your full attention. It makes the entire life that surrounds them and the toxic environment based on them. It makes everybody in their life very tense when there's silent treatment. You know, nobody likes to live in tension to begin with, but living in tension and silence is twice as bad. Toxic people like to use the silent treatment when they don't want to talk about something. So if you have questioned their behavior or called them out on something like hurting your feelings or, um, you know, confronted them with something, if they don't want to talk about it, all they have to do is stop talking. And what that does is it immediately puts you on the defense and gives them permission to get away with whatever it was that the subject matter was about. One of the other sad things that they use the silent treatment for is if they ignore you, they know that you're going to be A, trying to figure out why they're ignoring you, B, trying to figure out what you've done wrong to make them mad, C, trying to figure out how you can fix it and how you're going to apologize just to get this high tension gone, right? Well, Sometimes they'll pull the silent treatment. So you're doing all of this that we just talked about while they're out doing whatever it is they want. They pull the silent treatment on you. You're very aware they're giving you the silent treatment. They can leave. They can go out and do whatever it is they want. Hang out with whoever it is they want. You know, be in places they shouldn't be. Talking to people they shouldn't, shouldn't be talking to. Anything that they want they can get away with when they're giving you the silent treatment. It's not that you don't think, I wonder what they're doing, but all you can think of is, I caused the silent treatment, I have to fix it, I need to apologize, I need to really get a grip on how I'm gonna communicate with them. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly that if they give you the silent treatment, you're gonna be upset, you're gonna try and fix it, and they've got a good six hours to go do whatever it is they want. Or three weeks. You know, silent treatments can last a long, time. And what happens in the end is it is so stressful to have to live with the silent treatment that what do we do? We end up calling, texting, apologizing, and only to get the silent treatment in return. I remember one time I, I was in a panic and I think I text 90 times. So because I was trying to fix it, I was trying to make things better. I was trying to apologize. I was trying to communicate. I was trying to understand the reason for the silent treatment. And in the end, 
The silent treatment was instilled on me so he could go do whatever it was he wanted, not feel obligated to answer the phone because he was giving me the silent treatment and it was very apparent. And then in the very end, I was called the crazy one because I was frantically trying to get a hold of him to fix what was surrounding the silent treatment so the silent treatment would go away. So in that little scenario, not only did he get to do everything he wanted, my attention was on him when it should have been on something else and something productive. And at the end of the day, I was the crazy frantic one that kept calling and texting. So even though, even though they don't necessarily set it up like that, everything falls into place so they're allowed to do what they want while your attention is on them. Whatever, usually in my experience, how the silent treatment ends is we end up apologizing. We do whatever we can to end the silent treatment, including apologizing, which usually the first apology doesn't count. You didn't do it right, or you're only apologizing so they'll talk to you, or you weren't sincere about it. So you don't only apologize once, you fall to your knees and apologize 15 times to make them see how sorry you are and please start talking to me again. But we apologize, we agree with them, we will remind ourselves that we overreacted and we'll tell them, yes, I know I overreacted. We will take responsibility for them giving us the silent treatment just to have the silent treatment end. So the silent treatment in itself is a tactic that they use to gain control, to get your attention, to be able to be allowed to do whatever they want without any responsibility, and then come back and you're so thankful that they came back and now they're talking that you let the entire episode slide like it never happened. So they know that next time they wanna go out and do something or they're not getting exactly what they want, if they give you the silent treatment, the same exact cycle will happen. You will sit, try to figure out what you've done wrong, try to decipher it, try to make, make meaning of it, overthink it to death. Meanwhile, they're doing whatever they want to do, or they're getting you to, they're convincing you that whatever it is that they want, they're going to get. And then when the silent treatment ends, it was your fault for inducing the silent treatment in the first place and you're the one apologizing and making amends. So how backwards is that? I know that when clients come to me and they, they want to know why does a toxic person do this? Why does a toxic person do that? And I explain it just like I've just explained the silent treatment. They never ask me the question again because once you know it, you get it. And the next time you get the silent treatment, you're going to go, okay, here's the trick. What do they want so badly that they're giving the silent treatment to me? It's either they're covering up for bad behavior and they don't want to talk about it. They have bad behavior or something secretive going on that they want to distract you from. See, they want attention. They want control. Those are the four reasons for the silent treatment. It's to get them what they want regardless of what you want, how you feel, or the part that you play in it. And at the end of the day, the silent treatment will be your fault. You will apologize for it. You will take responsibility for it. And they will be excused of all of their bad behavior. So I know it's easy for, for me to sit here and explain it like I've known it my whole life. I didn't know it my whole life. 
you know, I look back on certain situations in my former relationship and I'm like, how in the world did I miss that? But the difference between me talking about it and you listening is the fact that I understand it now. I understand the toxic person like the back of my hand. I can almost tell you what their next move is. I can tell you why they're doing what, they're, what they are doing, what they're after, why they're looking for it. And at the end of the day, they all function the same. And I know, you know, I stem from an intimate type of relationship, but I had toxic friendships. I've had toxic work environments. I've had toxicity just like the rest of you. And I know not all of you that listen to this podcast are, are having a toxic, intimate relationship. I have a lot of people in here who have toxic family members and toxic family members are tough because not only do you try to sustain the family, you try to keep everybody out of conflict. You know, so when I'm explaining to you, it, it seems like it's easy for me to understand, but someday it's going to be very easy for you to understand too. So I say this every time, keep learning. Teaching you is the reason I do what I do. Teaching you is the reason I'm taking my coaching on the road. Teaching you is the reason I'm getting set up to do online classes and why I've got the online program so that you understand it because understanding it is your freedom. Your power comes from understanding. So now if anybody has any more questions on the silent treatment or if anybody gets the silent treatment this week, come back and listen to this episode and you'll understand exactly why they're doing it. And that being said, they want a reaction. They want your attention. So if they're going to give you the silent treatment, my recommendation is get busy. Stay busy. Get your attention on something else. Because giving them your attention is going to give them exactly what they're looking for. And meanwhile, your attention's on them and their attention is definitely not on you. It's off doing something else that they probably shouldn't be doing. And the next recommendation is if you get the silent treatment this weekend, enjoy the silence. Like for once, they're not fighting. They're not causing conflict. They're not criticizing you. They're not comparing you. They're not belittling you. They're not talking down to you. It's easier said than done, I know. But turn the tables. Enjoy the silence. Take a little break. If it's not, if, if your gut tells you it's not your fault, don't convince yourself that the silent treatment is your fault. If you have facts to back up bad behavior, don't let the silent treatment convince you that those facts aren't true. If you can't stand the tension, occupy your time because apologizing and accepting responsibility for the silent treatment is not fair to you. The silent treatment is tough. Because it makes us feel unaccepted, it makes us feel unloved, and it makes us feel unworthy. And a toxic person knows that. And they know that if they could hit it just right, we'll apologize, we'll take responsibility, and they'll be able to get or do whatever it is that they want. That was a great question. That question actually came in through the website. Um, a lady was having an incident with the silent treatment and wanted to know a little bit more about it. So I hope that helps. Um, I could probably, you know, continue talking about it, but it would just be repeating the same thing. So if you've experienced the silent treatment, I hope that this helps you out a little bit in the reasons why a toxic person would instill the silent treatment on you.
Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at Coaching with Dr. Heidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic.